Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast. My name is Alan, and I'm your host this week. Isn't that exciting? With me today, we've got Matt. Hello, Alan. I'm Hello. excited. I'm glad you are. You're going to get to ruin the music this week with that trash. I know. <laughs> you've got the music. You've got the buttons to the music buttons. I, I do I'm have very sad about this. I can make whatever happens to be what I want. <laughs> and we've also got very half sad. of you as well. Hey everyone! Hi, I'm hi. very happy I can be here to witness this rivalry. Yeah, it's been it's been too long. It's been too long since I've had control of the music in this wonderful podcast. Um, so we're going to quickly go over a little bit of news recently, just for the for the sake of news, I guess. Um, first things first that I would like to bring up is the fact that Diablo Three is coming to Switch, which is actually dope. That's really Yay. really cool. That, that game is yeah, perfect on console. Like, that is such a better console game than the PC game, which is a little bit heartbreaking, but that's all right. Um, so for those of you who have not heard, Diablo 3 plus the expansions are all coming to Switch, plus some also Zelda content, which you'll allow, be allowed to dress up as Ganondorf, I believe, or something, um, which is pretty neat. I'm into that. It's Diablo 3 <laughs> on the go. Like that's also, also four-player, four-player off the one Switch, which is neat. Four-player off the one Switch, really? Off the one switch, it's neat. Wow, it's very neat. Yeah, because I know yeah. that you can do that in PS4. I didn't know you could do that on the Switch. That's amazing. Well, yeah, and it, because it's a portable, first time Diablo's been portable, unless you've got like a gaming laptop thing, which isn't really portable. Yeah, like, um, it, okay. If you're considering a gaming laptop to be actually portable, you've never held one of them in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> like you are yeah, actually exactly. just categorically wrong. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it's good. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, there's also uh, Titan Quest has just come out, and Victor Vran is just around the corner as well. So, good time if you're into Diablo stuff. 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 Victor Vran's mm, really good. good if, if anyone has not checked it out, it's quite an interesting game. It is. I like yeah. it. I dig it. Yeah. Dig. You dig? I dig. Matt digs everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I dig. <laughs> All right, well. So, um, my news, my news. I'm very excited because Sega, being the lovely people that they are, have confirmed that the limited edition pack of Persona 3, Persona 4, and Persona 5 Dancing is all coming out in the West, which is great because, well, for other people, I guess, not so much for me. Um, I bought, I actually bought that pack from Japan because I wasn't sure that Persona 4 Dancing All Night would be released out in the west uh, and the only way to get it is through that limited edition so the fear of missing out kicked in and i grabbed that but um everybody else gets to enjoy it if you're willing to spend the money to get everything in one limited edition special thing which i know everybody will because persona 4 dancing all night is great anyway it also has a wonderful wonderful version of the juness theme it does it yes does. Yeah. Every day is great. Uh, your Juness. Yeah. What a banger. It pops off clubs. <laughs> Imagine hearing that just when you're buying groceries and everyone's just dancing in the aisles. Cole should totally do that. Like the, Matt, the that would upset every here. single person who goes to Cole's. <laughs> Except me, which would be great. It'd, be, it'd clear it out. Juness should be playing. Like, if I had a shopping mall, if I, if I was running a shopping mall, I would totally play the Juness theme on repeat. So I'd be more likely to play the Persona Five like chill music because that's oh, actually that really that good. That would be a good vibe. That's pretty good too. Cafe. Yeah, yeah, the cafe like shopping music. Oh yeah, that'd be dope. Anyway, Harvard. <laughs> oh yeah, What's so this week for you. So my news this week. Um, I'm always into weird indie games, as all you guys would know. So, uh, I especially like it when it feels to me like a developer thought of a name and then built a game around that name. So I'm coming out. Well, it's been announced on Kickstarter, and it's called Hamsterdam, and it's about being a little hamster and wearing like this chav bomber jacket and just beating up other animals. And it looks I can adorable. That. I can respect the want to beat up animals as a hamster. <laughs> yeah, they are pretty it, much like the, the the kicking. Like they they do cop it a bit. Those poor little hamsters <laughs> in the wild. To be real though, they deserve it. They're useless. <laughs> Very anti hamster podcast. <laughs> Sorry to all the hamster owners listening at home. Nah, you, you deserve it as well. <laughs> you brought this pain upon yourself. And with that, 
<laughs> let's let's go to some music before I before I actually get attacked. Um, this will be some music. I don't know what it is yet. It'll be nice. And let's go. So we've actually had a bit of an interesting week. And if you've been taking part in the news on the internet, you would have seen that Time Splitters has been bought by THQ Nordic, which is pretty exciting. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I don't know if, if you've played those games as a kid, like I did, you'd be like, yeah. Even <laughs> I played it. I liked it. Even I liked it. That like went back in time game. as a kid. He went back in I time did. to become a kid again and played those games. I was a kid back then. Jesus. Matt, 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 that's a lie. I'm not that old. <laughs> that's a lie, Matt. You know it. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, they're being remastered. But the important thing is, is that they still hold up really well. Like, I, I played it on a very legal way. Um, <laughs> not too recently. Um, and I still really enjoyed myself. And it's still a pretty good fun time, to be quite honest. So, they got me thinking, games that aren't that anymore unfortunately which led me to goldeneye and then led me to cry um yeah so we had a bit of a discussion last night on the digitally downloaded snack snack yeah snack. Snack. <laughs> on the digitally downloaded snack we're going with snack now <laughs> um about you know why goldeneye just sucks <laughs> it really not, does it's not good i actually played it about ooh, three four months ago um was feeling nostalgic, had friends over, whatever. We actually dusted off the old N64 and um, popped Goldeneye in and we played it for maybe two rounds. Um, and then we we're like, yeah, let's do something else. Um, it's let's, not... Let's just do Bleach instead. That might be more fun. <laughs> we, I think we... Yeah, we went to Mario Kart 64, which does oh, hold up. Um, mm. <laughs> but yeah, um, <clears throat> Goldeneye does not hold up at all. Um, everything about it is basically wrong if you play it now. Um, <laughs> it's a bad game. I, it's a I think the first thing that we the first thing we really struggled with was the controls because that was a first person shooter before the dual analog stick era, and it's impossible to actually control. I don't know how we did it back as kids. Maybe we just put too much effort into learning uh, how so to. The deal issue with that it. you've had here is you've lost the power of your third hand, so you can't <laughs> control. It, it was. It was just, yeah. 
Wait, wait, it's I'm weird. actually confused because I've never played Goldeneye before on the N64. What? Before. I'm just thinking. Oh, I yeah didn't have consoles growing up as a kid. Anyway, um, how does how do you how do you how does the control even work? Like, how do you move and how do you change? There the are there are a couple of options. Um, the none one of which that, are good. <laughs> none of which are actually good. The one that most people use is where you use the if you've got an N64 controller uh, in front of you, or can look up a picture of it. You use the four yellow face buttons to control movement and then you use the central analog stick to control the aim which is really weird because that reverses the movement yeah. and aim hands compared to what you used to do or what you do with shooters now so you're then trying to aim with your left hand and move with your right and it just it's a mind beep how, how um, do you shoot though like well, you had no uh, finger on a trigger there's now. a there's a trigger behind the there's a trigger behind the n64 Oh, there's a trigger behind the, the stick. The right yeah. side, and also yes. the middle stick as well. Oh, that's confusing. Yeah. It is. It does not work. It does not work as well. It's at almost all. like Nintendo <laughs> didn't prepare for the fact that first-person shooters <laughs> would be big, so they made a controller that no one would ever be able to use properly. In fairness, is... Alan, the PlayStation didn't have dual analog sticks at that but time. But it did either. eventually. They it did like, eventually. like, oh, this is a bad idea, and they fixed it. <laughs> but the original PlayStation release didn't have any analog at all. It was yeah. um, it was just face buttons, and that made playing Back games like Rock Legend of the Goggles really fun. <laughs> Nothing yeah. ever does not hold up. Bad game, but <laughs> even if you move past the controls of Goldeneye, the rest of the game still doesn't hold up much at all. Um, all of the stuff that is kind of that, that Goldeneye was really well known for, um, the objective system and all of that, uh, it, it's just done so much better in just about every other shooter game since so yeah and it looks like absolute trash i think the important thing to know is that we're not diminishing the actual value of goldeneye here but we're just saying like <laughs> nothing about it is good compared to the iterations that happened as a result of it yeah it was really important game really really important game but it's just not worth playing now i think is the the point it's like playing smash bros 64 over literally any other smash bros is that how you would go with um, games not holding up well, though? Is that like future games came along and fixed, just and made it better, everything. yes. And now yeah. when we go back, you just can't deal anymore with like what it used to be. Yeah, it's like trying to play yeah. like a really old RTS, like Dark Rain or something, and then playing StarCraft and being like, oh, this is a game that was made for people. <laughs> yeah. I get that. I, I actually, I once played the the second Warcraft. Warcraft. Oh, about the humans v orcs. Yeah. Yeah, humans those orcs, and it's just there's so many strange design choices. Mm. It's like ships can do either two or thirty five damage, and you just don't know. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> I can respect that. <laughs> I, actually, I, I find I find a lot of those old RTSs difficult. I actually find the earlier Command and Conquers don't hold up as well as people. They're also either. impossible to play just because of the difficulty. Like because people remember, uh, I mean, partly because EA has absolutely made its its mission in life to ruin Command and Conquer as a franchise. But people talk about Command and Conquer now and they're like, oh, you know, I loved Command and Conquer or Command and Conquer Red Alert so much. But again, I haven't I, I played uh, the original Command and Conquer not too long ago and just to see if it did hold up. And it just doesn't. Um I, I don't enjoy it at all. I mean I think the problem with strategy games for me more than anything else is the AI is dumb and when it comes to strategy games, that's not a good thing. Yeah. Like, you kind of want AI that just doesn't hit you in wave after wave after wave. You want something a little bit more engaging than that. And um, Command & Conquer wasn't quite up to that. So, yeah. Yeah. I think if you dig that deep in strategy games, another one that it won't hold up for you is Age of Empires because you start to realize how the developers just make the AI cheat to make it harder instead of actually being smart, mm. which I guess is the limitation yeah, at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I actually that's, that's... really like the old Age of Empires, though. Like, 1 and 2 really hold up, and 3 is one of the best strategy games I've ever played. I love three. it. 3. Yeah, I love 3. With the with the city cards and the weird yeah. progressive level mechanics. Yeah. It's really fun. <laughs> the game's great. I never, okay, really <laughs> I never really spent enough time playing... I never really spent enough time playing Age of Empires back in the day, I think. Um, I, I was more for real-time strategy games. You're too old for it, Matt. I um, <laughs> I played uh, the Warhammer <laughs> ones actually a lot. Oh, the Dawn of War um, is amazing and still hold up very well. 
No, no, we're talking about older than that, Alan, because oh. I'm an old guy, remember? Oh, no, yeah. Oh. Shadow, Shadow, of Hor- Shadow of like the Horned Rat thing. and Dark Omen. Um, those were my real strategy games. I played them obsessively a lot back as a kid. And this is a little bit off topic because they actually do hold up, I reckon, um, based on what I played recently. Mm. But, yeah. Um, trying to think other games that didn't hold up too well for me. Well, like, I feel... I feel like pretty much every single Game Boy Advance game is not able to hold up for me anymore because my fingers are too big and I can't <laughs> hold the controller. <laughs> so, like, I'm trying well, to play Pokemon Emerald. No, I had an original, like, potato console. I have an SP, and, like, the, the console is the size of my palm. So I'm just thinking, like, how, how did I ever hold this? It's almost like it's built for children. <laughs> it's almost. <laughs> It's, yeah, I don't know. That console's really, really good, but I can't play it ever again because I have long, spindly spider fingers. Actually, do you know the funniest thing trying to play the Game Boy Advance original model ones before it had the backlight and stuff is actually finding a place where you could actually play it. Oh, um, yeah. It's impossible. Because the lighting just... I, I just can't work out how I ever played this thing back as a kid because, yeah, the, the, the screen's so reflective and... <laughs> If there's any light whatsoever, it just bounces off and you can't see anything. But if you turn the lights off, there's no backlight, so you still can't see anything. It's um, it was a, those were the good old days. Yeah, doing, doing car trips with an original Game Boy Advance and being like, <laughs> "There's a light coming up, hold it up to the window." <laughs> there used to be this, this really silly attachment where you plug it into your charging cable and it yeah, would just, so be like it a little destroy like your Game Boy's battery life instead. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing like because that. they did have those light accessories, but those the the batteries were not built. I mean, the the system was not built to provide power to those lights, and lights consume a lot of energy. So if you had one of those lights light accessories, you had to take like a, a packet of thirty batteries in the car with you as well because you oh, choose room. So I could play thirty minutes of Rayman Advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were the those were the good old days. Chad's again that doesn't hold up very well at all. Was Rayman one? That game is really hard for no reason. Has a really archaic like life system and is kind of bad, but I like it. It's good. <laughs> that was a... do people. Do people remember Rayman that well? Do you think? I don't think so because he's been dead for at least three or four times over the course of the last twenty years. But, like Origins and Legends, I feel like in ten years will be respected. But I don't know about the the older ones. Yeah, yeah well, that's my thought too. I mean, I think people recognize the UbiArt um, Rayman oh, yeah, games to, sure. be, to be very the, good. Not the original, but the before that, the Raymans that came before that were kind of middling platformers. I don't think they ever really had the respect of well, ones. Rayman Two was ported to everything. Speaking of platformers, one game that does not hold up, as far as I'm concerned, at all, is Super Mario sixty four. You're gonna say Super Mario Odyssey? Well, and I agree with you there. Um... <laughs> Super Mario sixty four <laughs> is terrible. I hate that game. Controversial opinions here, but he plays so I, plays so nicely. It's good. It's terrible. It's awful. It's woeful. It's painful. I don't like it at all. You just use like zero different adjectives for the zilch. same thing. <laughs> <laughs> zilch, zilch. That game did not hold up very well for me, um, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm not bad about Super Mario sixty four, Matt. Well, we don't really have time in the podcast today because oh. it's usually downloaded.net for Matt's newest. Thing. Yes, now, now I'm going to have to write an opinion. Now you're actually going to have to do it. You've just made more work for yourself by being Contro. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. I think with that, then, I think we should play some Mario 64 music. <laughs> Alan, I hate you. Yeah, it, it feeds me.
Oh, we're gonna have to hack the mainframe to get these ROMs out of these. That was a bad intro. It was. Yeah. But Keep it. Now it's a good intro. Yeah. It's, that, was a, that was a great Keep intro. It. Roll with it. Do it. We're moving with this now. We're hacking the mainframe, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, Nintendo. Absolute trash fire company at this point in my life. Um, <laughs> they shut down Emu Paradise. Um, which is unfortunate because as anyone who grew up in the like, you know, 2000s, downloading ROMs from Emu Paradise was like part of your use of technology in school, I think. So um, for those of you who don't know what an emulation is, it's the idea of taking an old console and a ROM, which is a sort of port of a cartridge or disc file over to your computer and running it as if it was on a console. It's pretty cool. It means that little baby Alan could play a lot of Smash Bros. 64 on a computer that probably shouldn't have been playing Smash Bros. 64. Um, the important thing to note about this is that ROMs are in a very strange legal limbo, where technically, if you own it, if you own the game in like physical form, you're allowed to put it on your computer, but you're not allowed to upload it online. But if you download it and have it on your computer, it's not necessarily illegal. It's very, very strange. I wish that Ginny was here to tell me about it, but she's not. It's okay. Um, yeah, emulation. It's it's like honestly, <laughs> it's the way that digital archival was happening, unfortunately, and Nintendo has just shut that all down because it's money grubbing and doesn't want to support emulation anyway <laughs> on its own consoles. Yes. So to backtrack on Alan's rant a bit. Um... <laughs> No, I'm leaving it at that. End of podcast. <laughs> the, the, the news this the news this week was that Emu Paradise uh, is shutting down after twenty odd years in operation. Uh, and while I don't think Nintendo was actually involved with it, uh, Nintendo is firstly famous for going after emulation sites and ROM sites, and secondly, um, Emu Paradise's owners were quite clearly concerned about legal ramifications of continuing what they were doing. So that's where that comes from. Uh, Emu Paradise has been um, basically the source that you can rely on to use to get ROMs and emulators. For oh, hold on. It's the one without... place we can rely on to get ROMs and emulators safely without porn. I was about to get to that. I was going to say without also ending up with a billion Trojans on your computer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, was a safe, it was a safe source for this stuff. And it shutting down has... Justifiably, justifiably annoyed a lot of people. Firstly, um, to acknowledge that <laughs> ROMs are actually illegal in the way that Emu Paradise was using them, was distributing them. You can't distribute them um, at all. Mm. And that is certainly something that we can't deny and shouldn't deny, and we should accept this. But the main thing here is the games industry, or at least for me anyway, the games industry has been so catastrophically bad at archiving its games and making them available for future generations that we are in real danger of losing an awful lot of video games. Um, and MU Paradise was one of those rare sources on the internet that actually acted as an archive and preserved a lot of games that we're just not going to see otherwise. And for me, that was a that was an important service. Yes, illegal, but also absolutely critical because if games are art and stuff, then archiving them is pretty important. And without a site like Ambia Paradise, we are now looking at a situation that is very much like the film industry of the early era where they lost something like 80 or 90% of their films because nobody bothered to archive any of them. And the games industry is not archiving them by themselves and is not re-releasing 90% of the games because there's no commercial value in them or they're tra tra excuse me, trapped in uh, licensing hell. So, yeah, I, I don't... In terms of the morality of what Emu Paradise was doing, I don't have an issue with it, and mm. I certainly used it. <laughs> I've I used it. Everyone's to, used to go back. It. I, I, I use it these days to go back to a lot of games that are not released on consoles, and I do buy the games if they are released on console. Uh, when Nintendo, had, when Nintendo had the Virtual Console for the 3DS, I basically bought every old Game Boy game that were released on it because I love Game Boy games. I love the aesthetic of that that grayscale and. Um, I wanted to play them all, so I bought them all. But that was only a fraction of the total number of Game Boy games that were released. Um, the yeah. Wii U, I did the same thing. I bought basically every game that was released um, 
on Virtual Console for the Game Boy Advance that was released on the Wii U. But I've packed my Wii U away now, um, and it's not going to get any more support from Nintendo. So all of those games um, uh, are kind of lost to me. And I would do it again on the Switch if they released them on the Switch, but they're not. So yeah. the only option really is emulators. And that option is now gone because Nintendo was like, nah, but don't though. It's yeah, going to exactly. cause damages to this thing that we're also not offering and we'll probably not ever offer. Yeah, exactly. we'll lose sales for a game we're not selling at the moment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, one one great example is a Game Boy game that I, a Game Boy Advance game that I really liked back in the day, uh, really, really liked was um, EA's Lord of the Rings, The Third Age, which was a kind of tactic strategy game, which um, was based obviously on the Lord of the Rings franchise. EA doesn't have the Lord of the Rings franchise anymore. They don't have rights to it. It's with Warner Brothers. So even if EA wanted to, they can't re-release that game. So yes, you can't no buy it way. on any modern platform. So the only options have I have are either to find a copy of eBay or something, and it's a pretty rare game, so that's not happening. Um, my original copy is dead, or download an emulation. You know, yeah, um, and it's an issue with arcade it, games then as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a great example is Space Invaders. Do you know how hard it is to find the original Space Invaders uh, on modern platforms? It's impossible. Yeah, you've got like the There's, HD remix remastered joint yep. show. There is no platform that has the original Space Invaders as was designed by Taito. There are there are you know clones of it, um, and and there are kind of stuff like Space Invaders Extreme on Steam or whatever, which is great. But the original Space Invaders is on nothing except for iPad, and that's a crappy port because who wants to play Space Invaders with a touchscreen? Mm. Um, so if you want to play Space Invaders, which I've got on my arcade machine, uh, yeah, again you have to use an emulation site. And that's ridiculous. That's Space Invaders. That is, you know, as important to video games as video games come. Yeah, for sure. And I, I always use the example of the Alien vs. Predator um, beat-em-up game that Capcom made. Was the SNES one? No, the um, the one that was put on... Arcade one. The arcade. So oh. it was a side-scrolling beat-em-up, but it was made by Capcom. So Capcom owns the characters that they made up for that game. Fox holds the rights to um, all the alien and predator stuff and then sega now owns the gaming rights to alien and predator as well so like what, what are they going to do like you cannot play that game in any form at all and now we've just lost the main way you could have ever done that unfortunately yep. and, yeah or even yeah we were talking sad. about goldeneye in the last we were talking about goldeneye in the last section and if you want to test it out to see how bad it is for yourself again you can't because the the number of different licenses involved and the the rights involved to get that game on any platform is, is ridiculous you know nintendo owns the game rare which is now owned by microsoft um owns the the coding um whatever film distributor owns the the james bonds license which is not activision or activision has it in video games then there's the film uh company and it, it's just a mess. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to release it on anything. So if you want to play GoldenEye, again, you need to find an emulation. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's impossible. It's ridiculous. I'm mad now. You made me mad by doing this section. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That was my plan all along. I'm actually not sorry at all. I'm here to ruin your day, Matt. While we're here, though, can we talk about maybe one game that we never thought we would experience if it were not for emulation? Suikoden. Suikoden? <laughs> yeah. Which one did you play? Two. I played it on in 2007 because a friend of mine had it on his USB and I was like, yeah, boy. <laughs> so, yeah. Actually, I bought it for Vita and it keeps crashing on me. Yeah. I heard that the game is horribly like made on the Vita, which is awful because it's real <laughs> good. I mean, I discovered Final Fantasy thanks to emulation um, because quick, quick history is back, back in the day. Um, Square Enix didn't really release much of the, in terms of JRPGs in Australia. They were they were a genre that were hard to find. Um, but I'd heard through the primitive early days of the internet that um, this was a pretty cool a game if you'd like the Dungeons and Dragons thing, which I did. Um, so yeah, I discovered Final Fantasy through uh, a ROM and an emulator, and the amount of money that Square Enix has got out of me thanks to Final Fantasy in the years since should pretty much prove the value of these things to um to game developers and publishers mm. yeah it's, it's really sad i um, mean it's a lot of money <laughs> it's a lot of money that square enix has got out of me yeah. from final fantasy so 
And now that yeah, won't happen again. It. Well, there, mm. yeah, there's some kid that might never discover a game series that he absolutely loves, he or she, sorry, absolutely loves because they never get a chance to to play it on an emulator or something, one of the earlier versions. It's just, yeah. it's disappointing. It's sad. And I'm certainly not saying that, you know, new games should be available on these things. I don't think if something's released on a PS4, it should be released immediately on some kind of emulator. And um, Oh, because know, the idea know. of cracking the emulation software itself is very, very difficult because you have to emulate the entire architecture and then have your computer well, running as well. Even if it was theoretically pro- possible, I don't think anything that's kind of new should be, you know, available. Um, oh, no, I would the, say that, like, 10 years is reasonable. Yeah, I think 10 years, especially if there's no... If there's no ongoing support of that franchise, um, yeah, the game is like if the game is just not gonna get released in any form, like near or something, that's gonna be progressively harder and harder to find. Well, yeah, near's a great example because near's only available in physical version on PlayStation Three, the original near, not Automata. And um, I, I certainly, given how expensive it is to buy a copy of near and how a lot of people don't have working PlayStation Threes anymore. I, I would have absolutely no issue with ethically, morally, with somebody playing a, a ROM as such of Nia. Yeah. Because again, Square Enix isn't refusing to release the bloody thing. You know, I, just port it. And then all of a sudden, you have a right to ask people for money for it. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Bad people. You know what? Let's go for some Nia music then. Screw it. <laughs> Let's do it. This is, from, this is from Nia.
Welcome back. Good news, we've convinced Harbour to stop playing balloons. <laughs> down. He's put the switch down. He's he's back on the podcast. He's ready to talk. It's very nice. Because yeah, it's amazing. I follow I, I follow Harvard on my Switch, and he he's every, he wrote like a zero point five out of five review for Bloons TD, and then every time I see him online, he's playing more more Bloons. It's a, it's amazing. Okay, I got, I got to justify this for all the for all the <laughs> listeners. It's like you know when something it's something to do. You know when you yeah. have heroin. <laughs> It's objectively bad, but you can't stop yourself. <laughs> good, good analogy. Thanks. <laughs> I try sometimes. <laughs> Only sometimes, though. Um, so, oh my gosh. Uh, we're going to talk really, really briefly in the final little bit here about uh, retro-styled games that we've played that we like a lot recently. Um, so I'm going to bring up my, my big old son. I don't know why I called this game my son, but uh, it's, it's Hollow Knight. <laughs> um so Hollow Knight's really, really good. Um, if you've never played it before, it's got a lot of bugs in it. <laughs> um, uh, the idea is that it's essentially a old-school Metroidvania sort of game, um, but with, I don't want to say Dark Souls combat. Uh, it's, it's just very... Not really. It's like bouncy... Yeah, it's similar sort of like fast-paced idea that every enemy can kill you very quickly. Like if you're not paying attention, you will die fast. Um, but it, it's very, very good fun. It's a very... Good value game, actually, as well, because it's only about $15, $20, I think. Um, so if you do have a Switch or if you have any console that's modern, I'm pretty sure you can play Hollow Knight in some fashion. Um, definitely how's give it a check kind of, out. How, how's the kind of retro style, though? Because it doesn't have fairly modern-looking graphics. It does, but the way that it's designed makes it feel very much like an old Symphony of the Night sort of game. Or a, like a... It, it's using the the ideas and concepts from old games and turning that into a more modern twist, which I really like. Okay. Yeah. It, make, it gives me the same feeling that I got when I played like Metroid Fusion for the first time. Right. The, but without like the fact that Metroid Fusion doesn't play as well anymore. I feel, sure. I don't know. I, just, sure. I really like the way that Hollow Knight plays and I like the design style that it's gone for. And I think it's rather good. And it's also made by a local Adelaide team. Oh, and actually, yeah, Team Cherry is made is a Adelaide based crew. No, yeah, yeah, it's I'm a so nice like developed game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So That's why everybody it's like in the huge, it's like it's topping at all the charts. Yeah, it's Amazing. good. And they've Aussie, been updating Aussies, are, Aussies are doing pretty damn well on the um on Switch, the Switch because yeah. our Golf Story was also um, yeah, Aussie right. developed. Yeah, and it's another good example of this. It, it's a it's a game that very much taps into that retro. Um, sensibilities and then mm. does a good job of being quite modern as well it's very much like the old, old mario golf rpg on the game boy yeah but um but modern and, and plays better because if you play that mario golf game it's not so good anymore yeah but you play this one and it's good yeah um, and also on that line of thought party golf by giant mario oh, party golf yeah party golf is uh, great <laughs> it's on literally everything <laughs> it's so no, good it is such a, with friends it's such a good drinking game Drink responsibly, <laughs> but it's such a good drinking game. <laughs> um, <laughs> no chill. Um, I, I, on, on this theme, I wanted to mention uh, one that I've been playing because while it certainly looks like a very modern game, um, it, it, it's quite amazing how how hard the developers clearly worked to make it retro in how it feels, and that is the new Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, can't talk too much about it because embargoes and all that kind of crap, but I have previewed it before, so I guess I can talk about it on that level. And yeah, it's, it is so retro in terms of the actual gameplay. It feels like a uh, Dragon Quest that you played back on your Super NES or even earlier, and yet has all the, the fixings of a modern, um, modern engine and 3D graphics and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I like that. I like when developers have a franchise that's been around forever and respect the heritage of that franchise while still finding ways to, to reinvent it to make it appealing to a modern player. And um, I wish Square Enix lent that a little bit for Final Fantasy as much as I liked Final Fantasy XV. Um, maybe do a Final Fantasy X again next Square Enix. That would be nice. Maybe just remake... Every single good Final Fantasy game, except all the ones that are bad. 
remake Final Fantasy One, but like modern. That would be all right. That's just Final Fantasy Fifteen, basically, though. Like that's no Final Fantasy Fifteen is not is not anything like Final Fantasy One. How did you get to that conclusion, Alan? Because <laughs> you have four party members and you drive a car. <laughs> Obviously. Well, by that definition, like fuse. <coughs> Oh, Final yeah, Fantasy. that's my favorite Final Fantasy game. It's the one where it didn't sell well at all and no one remembers. Wait, Fuse? What? <laughs> yeah. Fuse. <laughs> yeah. The insomniac game that no one remembers or wants to remember. <laughs> what a game. What a time to be alive. I'm really glad <laughs> yeah. we, brought up, we brought up Fuse in freaking 2018. We actually, managed, <laughs> we actually managed to bring up Fuse. That's pretty impressive. Um, I, oh, uh, I have no idea what you guys are yeah. about. Bad yeah, game. Don't worry about that. Don't look <laughs> it up. <laughs> You'll uh, it'll melt your eyes out. Um, the other the other RPG that I obviously we should mention in the context of this section is Project Octopath because that game goes above and beyond to look like an old Super Nintendo RPG, but at the same time does so awesome. does so in a way that it looks like a modern Super Nintendo RPG, which is nice. Mm. It's nice. It's a pleasant looking game. It's very pretty. I give it a six, despite having never played it. <laughs> I borrowed, five. No, no, no. I've done my my research, Matt. You don't understand. I've done all my oh, research. Oh, you've done your research? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've read a lot of other reviews, and I've just copied and pasted. So we're so all you're good. ready to review it yourself now? I'm yeah, all, okay. Dude, I, I am so set. Like, they call, <laughs> I just give me a job. Like, honestly. <laughs> You know where to find you know where to find people's CVs to copy. Yeah, it's go to the template. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Harvard, what about you? <laughs> Tell us. Oh yeah. So <laughs> my <laughs> new game pretending to be an old game. I don't know if it really counts, but I feel like Stardew Valley. The yeah. way that it emulates yeah. SNES and the Game Boy Harvest Moons were all about more like time management and organizing things neatly into tiles is something that appeals to me. Whereas if you play the newer Harvest Moons, like on the 3DS, um, they're more about, I guess they don't feel as open or as expansive as the old ones used to. So I feel like the the stuff that's in Stardew Valley really has me feeling that vibe again. And that's, yeah, I really appreciated that. Yeah, that game is really good. It has this exact same feeling of like the early Harvest Moon games where it wasn't about some nonsense fairy garbage yeah it's not <laughs> but like it's about farming weird, weird two-town festival themed uh, yeah i don't know what they're doing yeah it's it's really unfortunate what's happened to poor old harvest moon we talked about that actually in our podcast like two weeks last, ago yeah yeah two weeks ago how I, I keep buying the harvest moon games even though they keep letting me down um <laughs> Stardew Valley, Valley did not let me down. <laughs> Stardew Valley is an actual game made by people. It didn't. It's it did like not let person, me down, isn't it? Yeah, it's made by Chucklefish. It was one new over the course of like seven years. He was obviously really pissed off with how Harvest Moon was being treated. Well, I wonder why. <laughs> like he's a real big Harvest Moon fan. He's like, well, you know, screw these guys. I'm going to show them how it's done. And like you know, yeah, what's he, bad he when did. someone decides to spend their life making a game that's better than yours. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, the game, the game is real good. It's a really fun game. And it's perfect on Switch as well. It's almost like there's a recurring pattern of really, really good retro-style <laughs> games on Switch. Yeah, yeah, the Switch is yeah because I uh, mean, amongst other things, Nintendo refuses to do a virtual console for Switch, so. No, because they're shutting on emulation sites instead, Matt. It's more yeah, important. Yeah, that's true. No, the, the online yeah. system's going to We're going to get, like, free NES games or something. Oh, great. I can't wait to have Balloon Fight. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Balloon Fight was pretty good, actually. It's not. You're, it's not worth the price of admission at this point in life. Alan, if, you're, if you're looking for a crappy NES game to talk about, you, you, you mentioned Ice Climbers, not Balloon Fight. Ice Climbers is pretty bad. Too. Quite good. Ice Climbers is terrible. Ice Climbers is, is unplayable nonsense. I honestly just love the hubris that Nintendo had being like, you can pay to use our online service and instead of doing what PlayStation Plus does where they give you a free modern game, we're going to give you two NES games. Whoa. I, <laughs> but, I, but you won't be able to keep either. 
<laughs> what I'd love for Nintendo to do, which they won't, of course, because it's Nintendo. But if Nintendo was to like build a library of you know two hundred odd Super NES and NES games or Game Boy games or Game Boy Advance games or whatever. Yeah, all the old stuff. And they just had that huge library and they made it like the Netflix of retro games. Now I'd that would be that would, that would be, be worth that. paying for. Yes, you know everybody would. would. Everybody would. Do you know do you remember NES Remix? But like yeah. Game Boy Remix. Yeah, I remember that game. All the was... stuff on Game Boy like remixes they were. And none of that because they, they have the equipment to release all of it. They just cut it up into little challenge things for some they reason. They just don't care. They just don't realize that they're sitting on a lot of money. Or well, they do realize they're sitting on a lot of money and are saving it for when the company is about to go broke. <laughs> like, Is that why yeah. we got so much retro console in the in the early days of the Wii U and the 3DS? That well, probably that, um, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was just Nintendo was desperate for content. So they just went to their old stuff and just threw it out. <laughs> what have we got, guys? We've got... Um, we've got dust. <laughs> the new release. The mm, great, but yeah, the, the the net the Netflix for video for retro video games is just such a no brainer. I can't. I, I don't understand why Nintendo doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. That would be that would sell consoles all in itself, which yeah. would be good for Nintendo. Yeah, it would. But they especially don't... since like the NES games are worth about two cents now. They're worth less than nothing. <laughs> To pay me to play all of there's, there's a little bit of value in the property, the intellectual property, but the actual. Oh, yeah, everyone's favorite. I can't wait to play Batman 1986. It's my... actually a pretty good game. I know, I own it. It's, it's really good. <laughs> I'm just mocking it because it has no value in modern society. There's always a little bit of value, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> On that topic, I feel like we're going to call, call it there. Um, let's put some Batman music from 1986 on. <laughs> it's actually got a really good soundtrack. soundtrack. It's done by Spike Chunsoft, I think. I think. But it's, yeah, it's a really good game. It's surprisingly, wow. like, actually a good game. Alright. Au revoir.